0: Genesis 41. When two full years had passed, Pharaoh had a dream. He was standing by the Nile when out of the river there came up seven cows, sleek and fat, and they grazed among the reeds. Among them, seven other cows, ugly and gaunt, came up out of the Nile and stood beside those on the riverbank. And the cows that were ugly and gaunt ate up the seven sleek, fat cows. Then Pharaoh woke up. He fell asleep again and had a second dream. Seven heads of grain, healthy and good, were growing on a single stalk. After them, seven other heads of grain sprouted thin and scorched by the east wind. The thin heads of grain swallowed up the seven healthy full heads. Then Pharaoh woke up. It had been a dream. In the morning his mind was troubled, so he sent for all the magicians and the wise men of Egypt. Pharaoh told them his dreams, but no one could interpret them for him. Then the chief cupbearer said to Pharaoh, Today I am reminded of my shortcomings. Pharaoh was once angry with his servants, and he imprisoned me and the chief baker in the house of the captain of the guard. Each of us had a dream the same night, and each dream had a meaning of its own. Now a young Hebrew was there with us, a servant of the captain of the guard. We told him our dreams, and he interpreted them for us, giving each man the interpretation of his dream. And things turned out exactly as he interpreted them to us. I was restored to my position, and the other man was impaled. So Pharaoh sent for Joseph, and he was quickly brought from the dungeon. When he had shaved and changed his clothes, he came before Pharaoh. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream and no one can interpret it. But I have heard it said of you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. I cannot do it, Joseph said to Pharaoh, but God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, In my dream I was standing on the bank of the Nile when out of the river there came up seven cows, fat and sleek, and they grazed among the reeds. After them, seven other cows came up, scrawny and very ugly and lean, I have never seen such ugly cows in all the land of Egypt. The lean, ugly cows ate up the seven fat cows that came up first. But even after they ate them, no one could tell that they had done so. They looked just as ugly as before. Then I woke up. In my dream, I saw seven heads of grain, full and good, growing on a single stalk. After them, seven other heads sprouted, withered and thin, and scorched by the east wind. The thin heads of grain swallowed up the seven good's heads. I told this to my magicians, but none of them could explain it to me. Then Joseph said to Pharaoh, The dreams of the Pharaoh are one and the same. God has revealed to Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good cows are seven years and the seven good heads of grain are seven years. It is one and the same dream. The seven lean, ugly cows that came up afterward are seven years, and so are the seven worthless heads of grain scorched by the east wind. They are seven years of famine. It is just as I said to Pharaoh. God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. Seven years of great abundance are coming throughout the land of Egypt, but seven years of famine will follow them. Then all the abundance in Egypt will be forgotten and the famine will ravage the land. The abundance in the land will not be remembered because the famine that follows it will be so severe. The reason the dream was given to Pharaoh in two forms is that the matter has been firmly decided by God and God will do it soon. And now let Pharaoh look for a discerning and wise man and put him in charge of the land of Egypt. The plan seemed good to Pharaoh and to all his officials. So Pharaoh asked them, Can we find anyone like this man, one in whom is the Spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has made all of this known to you, there is no one so discerning and wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace, and all my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring from his finger and put it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in robes of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. He had him ride in a chariot as his second in command, and people shouted before him, Make way. Thus he put him in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh, but without your word, no one will lift hand or foot in all Egypt. Pharaoh gave Joseph the name zaphnath paneah and gave him Asenath, the daughter of Potiphera, the priest of On, to be his wife. And Joseph went throughout the land of Egypt. Joseph was 30 years old when he entered the service of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and Joseph went out from Pharaoh's presence and travelled throughout Egypt. During the seven years of abundance, the land produced plentifully. Joseph collected all the food produced in those seven years of abundance in Egypt and stored it in the cities. In each city, he put the food grown in the fields surrounding it. Joseph stored up huge quantities of grain like the sand of the sea. It was so much that he stopped keeping records because it was beyond measure. Before the years of famine came, Two sons were born to Joseph by Asenath, the daughter of Potiphera, the priest of On. Joseph named his firstborn Manasseh and said, It is because God has made me forget all my trouble and all my father's household. The second son he named Ephraim and said, It is because God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. The seven years of abundance in Egypt came to an end. And the seven years of famine began. Just as Joseph has said there was famine in all the other lands, but in the whole land of Egypt there was food. When all of Egypt began to feel the famine, the people cried to Pharaoh for food. Then Pharaoh told all the Egyptians, Go to Joseph and do what he tells you. When the famine had spread over the whole country, Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold grain to the Egyptians for the famine was severe throughout Egypt. And all the world came to Egypt to buy grain from Joseph because the famine was severe everywhere. This was a longer chapter than some of the previous ones. And in this chapter, now Pharaoh has a dream. We started with Joseph having dreams a long time back and then people in the prison were having dreams and now Pharaoh has a dream. And once again, the Lord is the interpreter. And Joseph has been set up to interpret here dreams are like personal parables and uh, in the new testament jesus used to preach in parables and tell these stories that you you didn't know what they meant unless you knew the symbolism of the story and the disciples used to say to jesus tell us the meaning of this parable jesus would say the kingdom of god is like a tree planted in the garden (laughs) and i mean honestly you wouldn't know what it meant unless you had it explained to you by the lord and that this is what our dreams are. They're like our personal parables with a meaning for you, and you have to do what the disciples did. You have to go to the Lord and say, Lord, show me the meaning of my dream. And I've had to do this with my own dreams many times. Sometimes you get a a dream and you just know what it means straight away, and uh, other times you get a dream and it's mystifying, but it's memorable, and you go to the Lord and you ask for for an interpretation, and... And you have to keep. Sometimes you have to keep seeking. And I, there's been some dreams I sought the Lord for months until there came a moment when it clicked in my mind, and I knew, I knew what it meant. I knew what the Lord was saying. Well, the key is that the Lord has to tell you, and you've got to seek Him until He reveals it to you. So Joseph is now at that moment where the Lord reveals Pharaoh's dream to him, and he reveals it to Pharaoh. Uh, he reveals Pharaoh's dream to Joseph, Joseph tells it to Pharaoh, and it's a key point in the whole story. Joseph came as a slave to Egypt at the age of 17, and here he is at the age of 30, 13 years later. So he's been serving in difficult conditions for 13 years without a bad attitude, <laughs> and it's a real, it's a real uh, inspiration to us, for us to do similar things. And so when he comes before Pharaoh, I reckon the temptation would have been to just say, I didn't do anything wrong and I've been in jail and it wasn't my fault. But he doesn't do any of those things. All he does is once again, serves Pharaoh. He doesn't try to put his own case forward in any way at all. And um, so often we're just tempted to, to put our own, our own case forward. He doesn't do it. And uh, he also, it says he shaved. And you know that Egyptians were clean shaven, you know, they, they shaved their heads, shaved their beards. They were clean shaven. But the Hebrews were hairy <laughs> beards. Later on in the Bible, there's a story where David, King David sends the men off to a foreign country, you know, as like ambassadors. And the king of that foreign country shaves off their beards and sends them back as a kind of like, you know, a, a sign of disgrace. You know, we don't we don't accept your message. Oh. And those men, they were so embarrassed at having their beards shaved off, they stayed in the foreign country for months until their beard could, beards could regrow. And so this is just a bit of a window to see that you know Hebrews liked their beards and it was a sign of honor for them. Egyptians uh, didn't, they didn't like beards. And here jo- Joseph shaves. He's going into to Pharaoh to talk to him and his preparation is to shave. And so Joseph thinks, what, what's going to be the best way of serving Pharaoh and having the message come across good? And he's willing to be humiliated by shaving off the thing that he thinks is honourable to go forward and be a better servant. Sometimes, you know, in the world, we have to do things we don't want to do. I'm not talking about sinful things, but I'm saying there are things we, we have to do um, for the sake of others. You know, like Hudson Taylor, when he went to China, he grew pigtails like the Chinese and he wore Chinese clothes well he didn't want to do that but he did it and that was what helped his missionary message to be accepted and um, Jesus even became a person (laughs) that's lowering yourself you know and um, so we need to take on the humility that's needed so that we can minister into situation and the lives of other people so now Joseph is is probably got an inkling that his dreams are starting to come true. You know, like when he's standing before Pharaoh and he's now and he's told by Pharaoh that you're going to be second in charge of all of Egypt and he remembers the dreams he had as a child and he thinks, wow, <laughs> this is amazing. It's been 13 years, and uh, but it's it, he can see the dream is starting to come true, but it's not going to be for more than seven years. Another more than another seven years until he actually sees his brothers and they actually bow down before him. Now, I want to just, um, sh- you know, this is a longer video than some of the others for a few reasons, but I do want to stop right now and just mention the research of a noted Christian archaeologist. So this gentleman, Dog- Dr. Douglas Petrovich, has written a book called The Oldest Alphabet in the World, and um, in Egypt there were um, been some discoveries of like tablets and steels and things with you know writing on them which no one could decipher you know like they tried deciphering it with with various Egyptian methodologies and they couldn't get any information out of them well this archaeologist um, Douglas Petrovich he had a theory that the the writing on these tablets was actually Hebrew this is his theory and his, his idea was that it was a Hebrew language, but it was the Egyptian symbols. This was, and so what he did was he spent several thousand hours going through some of these old tablets, substituting um, Hebrew, uh, Hebrew letters into the Egyptian symbols. And finally, after a, a great deal of work, he managed to get it to click. And so what he's discovered is what he believes is the oldest alphabet in the world. So if you've studied anything about linguistics and alphabets, you would have been told that the the oldest alphabet in the world was the Phoenician alphabet, which is just north of Israel. But no, what we've got here is an older alphabet than that. And it's the Hebrew language, but with Egyptian characters. And if you've ever watched my Toby talk, the very first one, you know, where we talked about what was the language on the Ten Commandments, well, you know, maybe the language on the Ten Commandments was this. It was in the Hebrew language, but written with Egyptian characters. Well, in any case, this Dr. Douglas Petrovich, he's now been able to decipher a number of tablets and steels, and we've got what's written down them. And what he's discovered, and he, they're in his book, is the names of zaphnath Panea and Asenath. So we've got Joseph and his wife in ancient tablets. And I just think that's incredible. We've got people out there that say, oh, there's no proof for the Bible. And, you know, and then archaeology, you know, bit by bit by bit, we discover it. Isn't the Lord amazing? And and my dad, John, he actually thinks that the Lord purposely holds back some of these discoveries and just drips them out one at a time. And, you know, I think as Christians, we should just trust the word of God. There are things that there's no archaeological proof for yet (laughs) and there are some things that the lord has deliberately removed like let's say the ark of the covenant i think it's just gone and uh we'll talk about that some other time but there are things like this that that they come to light in archaeology and they just show us how much we can trust the bible it's wonderful i just want to close with this thought imagine if christians today were like joseph back then full of the holy spirit humble Not pushy, not trying to push themselves forward, but willing to serve. The world would fall over itself to come into the kingdom of God. I mean, look at Joseph, elevated to being in charge of Egypt because of an attitude like that. Well, you know, like Christians would rise to many, many positions all through the land. But most Christians are proud. Most Christians are pushy. We're trying to get ahead in life and get what we want. And most Christians are not all that full of the Holy Spirit. But we should be. We should seek for it. So, Lord, forgive us. Father, forgive us. that We've been pushy, not always humble, not always fully a spirit, but help us. Lord, Joseph shows us that we should be like that. And I ask for the graces on Joseph's life to be on our lives too. Jesus.